welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. Week four is in the books, and your boys are back for college football's last call. Lawrence, Gans, morning. How we doing? Morning, gentlemen. Doing well. Yeah, good morning. It's uh, different filming uh, early in the morning. Or not early in the morning, but not at night. So uh, a whole new perspective. It's good to see you guys' beautiful face in the light. Yeah, we've, we've moved to coffee in, uh, coffee this morning and less bourbon, so I'm with you. You're here. Appreciate y'all's flexibility. It is uh, fall break week for Cobb County. So we're down in Cape Sandblast, which they're now referring to as 30B. Have y'all heard this? No, um, <laughs> not. That, that's what I was told. So we got here, down here a li- little late yesterday. I went to a the Indian Pass Raw Bar, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so could not get on last night with you guys. But, uh, yeah, good way to start the day off on Monday. So everybody have, everybody have a good weekend. I had a great weekend. Um, we, we took the trip to Athens with Sam this weekend. We had a blast. Uh, Athens, it just never changes. You know, I don't think there's ever a cloudy day in Athens except when we go see Alabama kick our kick our ass and we have to wear ponchos covered in mustard. Um, but it was when we pulled into Classic City, it was 66 degrees. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, uh, red and black as far as the eye could see. We had an awesome time. And then from there, we went to Hartwell and uh, and then from Hartwell to Gainesville for soccer and then back home last night for family dinner. And now uh, now starting the week off fresh. Yeah, it's nice. A uh, very relaxing weekend, uh, though I did come home to a copperhead in my garage last night um, that met its maker shortly thereafter. Uh, I'm about to hop on a plane to head up to the Northeast to play in a golf tournament for the next few days. So I got a nice week ahead of me. You, make you, got Georgia, you got your Georgia pullover on. Get a little, uh, <laughs> get a little woof, woof, woof in the airport. Yeah, got to represent, you know, be up there. Uh, mostly uh, Northerners, you know, very little about college football. So, you know, I'll... School them for a couple of days. So uh, a lot of talk about Georgia not having its A game on Saturday. That's the, that's the narrative. The score is too close for all the experts. Lawrence, you were there. Uh, first first row seat. What do you got? Yeah. So it was a, to me it was a low energy game from the team and from the the fans. Quite honestly, it wasn't until we had that goal line stand. Um, and I think it was in the third quarter where the crowd really started to get into it. Uh, but quite frankly, it really boils down to Lad McConkey had a, what a ter- what they call a terrible, no good, awful, bad first half. Um, the muff punt, the fumble that that led to a field goal, the fumble that then led to a Kent State touchdown. Uh, he dropped a touchdown in our end zone. I'm sitting, sitting, sitting in section 117, and then he dropped the wide open bomb from Stetson. So um, he 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 looked rough. Stetson was a little bit off. Um, you know, I think that obviously there's going to be a lot of takeaways uh, from this game for Kirby to work on. I'm not too concerned about it. I think it was, we were bound to have like a game where he didn't look perfect. Um, but I also think it's an opportunity, uh, to, to lead into the rat poison talk, uh, to stop reading our own press clippings a little bit because we were living a little high on the hog after the first three weeks. Yeah, there must have been a sorority formal Friday night, um, <laughs> because they came out hungover and the initial reaction was this team very sloppy 
not a good game. Uh, and, I, and there's truth to that. Uh, but being a, a Georgia homer, of course, looking back on it the day after with perspective, while it did get tight a bit, that game could have been a blowout. And I know could have, would have, should have, right? But you take away the two aberrations of, of turnovers from Lad McConkey, and this is a 49-10 game, 55-7 game, you know, where it should have been. I recognize you play the game out, but um, it doesn't concern me all that much. I think there's a lot of teachable moments. Uh, team was off, win and move on. And, and I think we'd be remiss not to say, I think Kent State's better than the next three teams we're playing. Their quarterback is a legitimate quarterback. He's probably the best quarterback we've played so far. And you, Kent State has played Washington, Oklahoma, and now Georgia. They hung in with Oklahoma as well. I don't remember what they did against Washington. They're probably better than Missouri, Auburn, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, Kent, Kent State, they're, they're pretty tricky, too, with some of their formations. They're hard to game plan against, scheming against them. They make it kind of tricky. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're accustomed to these 40-point blowouts, and we love them. But I think along the way to win a championship, you have games like this. I think if you look a little deeper, Kirby would probably tell you they worked on a few things, went down the depth chart a, d- a decent bit, uh, tried to get some plays in. Otherwise, maybe they wouldn't if they were really trying to grind it out. So I'm with you. I'm not concerned. The one thing that does concern me a bit, and we touched on it last week, um, I don't love Kendall Milton. I think that, I mean, he, he had the, the touchdown. He had one good run. But if you take away that longer run, I think he was like eight for 14 other than that. So I do have a little bit of a concern with him. I noticed that Dejon Edwards did get the most carries. I don't know if that was because of this game or not, but what do you all think? Yeah, you be, well, Kendall Milton, um, you know, he came in as a five-star recruit out of California. We had him and, and Zach Evans in the fold, right? So we passed over a Tank Bigsby and a Jameer Gibbs, right, who are killing it in Alabama, Auburn and Alabama. Uh, Zach Evans is at Old Miss. There was obviously some drama there. He's, you know, 6'1", 225. Like, go knock somebody over. Get me four yards, you know, going through the A-gap. That's all I want. Be, be you know, a poor man's Zamir White, right? And then you'll be successful. He tries to do some fancy stuff, tries to cut back. And, and for as big as he is, he is so easy to take down. So you've got to step up. Well, you know, you know, before the game starts, when they, when they go through the montage of the great plays in Georgia history and they show clips of Herschel, they show Noshan hurdling players. They show Gurley hurdling players. They show DeAndre Swift and, and everything that makes us RBU. I was talking to Jimmy, who sits next to me in Section 117, and he, he looked at me and he said, you know, that's the one thing this team miss, is missing is an elite running back. We got- and, after the, and after the second play of the game, I go, you know who our elite running back is? Brock Bowers. And he plays tight end. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do feel the same concerns with, uh, with Kendall Milton, but again – Another touchdown. Um, he does go down too easy. Um, I just think, when, but we have the good news is he doesn't have to be a workhorse. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, but it's you know, it's it, we we got Brock Bowers, so he can cover up a lot of flaws there. Did you, did you see Brock, Brock Bowers this season? Eighteen touches, five touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, it's impossible because he's had two where he caught it like the goal line and, and came down. So, that you know, that could be higher. But listen, what does concern me, and I'm not sure it's going to be like this in the regular season, but it, it, it's going to come up. At some point, we're going to have to grind out a four-minute drive, and we're going to have to, you know, run it up somebody's ass. And who, Kendall Milton does not look like the guy to do that right now. 
Maybe Branson steps up. I'm okay if they put Brock Bowers in tailback, put uh, Big Bear Big Bear at uh, at fullback, and uh, try to punch four yards. I could see that happening. So why don't we get into it, though? I mean, Brock Bowers, right? I mean, guy's a freak. Like, name a better player in the country. I'll sit here and listen. So we talked we talked a little bit last week about, you know, his potential Heisman candidacy. After the game this past week, I started to see it in a lot of national publications. But if the award truly goes to the best player on the best team, uh, Brock Bowers has a shot to go to win the Heisman. Who says he can't well, back? Yeah, if you're paying attention, then then you know he's the best player in college football. Stetson's numbers this week didn't jump off the page at you. Had some drops to win, yeah, that that, that hurt him. Um, he's still fun. I mean, he's great. There, there's nothing to be concerned about uh, about his game this past weekend. It was so. Number- 27 to 36 for 272 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a rushing touchdown for Stetson Bennett is now an average day. Right. That's right. That's what I was going to say. However, you know, looking on the other side of the coin, you're playing Kent State. Again, we that watch the game recognize they're not a bad team, but you'd expect him to put up some, you know, video game numbers against your, you know, matching team. So whatever. Move on. You, You got three easier teams coming up. So, you know, maybe he'll pop some numbers. You got you got Missouri coming up this weekend. They had an absolute pillow fight versus Auburn. I mean, that game set football back a hundred years. What do y'all see happening next week? I think Kirby is going to light them up this week, and I think he's going to enjoy doing it. I, I feel bad for Missouri next weekend. I think it is going to be an absolute ash drubbing, um, and it should be. And we should, if we want, we get Ad Mitchell back. If we want, we get Jalen Carter back. Right? Do do we decide to play them? But nonetheless, I think I, I do not. I would not want to be a uh, a bulldog in practice this week. Yeah, um, Brian Harson and Eli Drinkowitz was uh, coaching malpractice towards the end of that game. I, I think you can add Eli Drinkowitz to the list of coaches on the hot seat. Um, not that it really matters. I feel like Mizzou is a little bit irrelevant these days. When they came into the SEC a few years ago, like. They were challenged. I think they won the East a couple of years uh, in a row, which was crazy to think about now. Um, it's a big number, 28 at night in Mizzou. You know, I think we I think we dominate. I think it's it, – it, I have zero concern. I think we win, win handily. Um, but looking at some of the statistics, they, the, public, the public wagers are already heavily in on Georgia, which gives me a little concern. Uh, are you teeing up a Larry's Losers? <laughs> Just wait, buddy. Just wait. Speaking of that, I do I do want to get Lawrence to your to your, your sucker brother week last week and give you a little credit where credits due. But before we get there, I'm going to also give credit to your sidekick over there, uh, Mr. Gans, for really the the perfect call on how Tennessee Florida was going to play out. Thank you. Yeah, you know, watching that game. Um, all right, I'll get into this a little bit, right? I think you got to tell Tennessee it's a good win for Tennessee. Um, you know, Tennessee or Kentucky are the second best team in the SEC East, and I will say Josh Heupel. Um, has done a good job, right, from taking over a dumpster fire. Looking into it, what I've realized with Tennessee, before I get into the game real quick, is that you have to be a tank-ass coach to succeed in Knoxville. Their last good coach was Phil Cole. Yeah, Josh Heifel. Well, look who they had in between. They had Derek Dooley. They had Lane Kiffin. They had Jeremy Pruitt, who looks like a crackhead. You had all these skinny coaches that failed miserably. Sergeant Slaughter was the only one that was arguably heavy. I think they need to find Mark Mangino. If they find Mark Mangino, SEC, watch out. You got a fat guy up in Knoxville, and they're winning national championships. 
I love Mark it. Mangino is still alive. I think we're going to have to go to the Google machine. What about Charlie Weiss pre-stomach uh, surgery? Good, good call. Championships in Knoxville. <laughs> Ralph Regan could be their offensive coordinator. Again, uh, th- this is th- that's a recipe for success. But, no, look, their offense is great. Her- Herndon Hooker looked really good. Um, uh, the receivers looked really good. Defense, eh. Uh, Florida, same thing. I mean, AR-15 had his best game ever, which was a low bar. Uh, but he's still, to me, a turnover machine. He's a dum-dum. Um, you know, I, we hear the Cam Newton comparisons. He's a really, really poor man's Cam Newton. Um, and, and, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm blanking on the, the coach of, uh, Billy Napier. Um, I don't understand why he shaves his head. He just makes me feel uncomfortable looking at him. Uh, so. <laughs> I, was, I was noticing that too. I don't think, I don't think these coaches should be allowed to have a shaved head, like either, or unless you're going to go, you know, pure bald, right? Like Pruitt. Um, he needs to let that hair grow out. I do think he also committed some coaching malpractice. We debated this on Saturday night with the going for two. Uh, AR-15 finally caught Carson Beck on total touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, agree with you completely on the inconsistency. Um, you know, he has the ability. He's just from week to week, you never know what you're going to get. And the fact that Florida had a chance to win that game with a Hail Mary is, I mean, not a good look for Tennessee. They should have won that game going away. Agreed. I think it's a tough spot for Florida to be in when their quarterback, who everybody is or they're hoping is the next coming, has his statistical best game that he's ever had, and they're still clawing just to make a backdoor cover at the end, get really lucky with an onside kick to have a chance at the end. Um, I'd love to spend the next 10 minutes debating that two-point conversion decision. We've already kind of gone through that. I I stand on team, take the extra point, give yourself a chance for a field goal at the end. Uh, Gans, I know you, you see it another direction. I don't know. I think these coaches get too cute sometimes. Well, I'll, I'll just address this. Obviously, I'm coming from a weak position here because they lost. So, you know, kind of, it's kind of against me. But at the time, I said I thought going for two was the right call. You're down 11 um, in a hostile uh, Knoxville environment. You don't want overtime on the road. It's not going to work out. Plus, you're, again, you got a quarterback that's a turnover machine. I think it was the right call. It didn't work out. Um, so we'll put it to the listeners, maybe comment, uh, who's right, you know, go for two or, or, or kick the extra point. Um, but Florida should, Florida should be 0 four right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, look, Tennessee is getting a lot of good press and they could continue to win. Right. And in fact, I hope they do until they play Georgia. Um, but they're not world beaters, right? Like they have to go to overtime with a crappy pit team. Right to to win, you know th- this Florida team is not very good. They've got two losses to Lawrence's point. They could be zero four. There's a few more coming down the track. Like, yeah, it's an entertaining game. And again, I think Herndon Hooker is a good quarterback. Right, he is a good quarterback, and I think that offense is going well. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I think Tennessee's got a pretty rough stretch for the next four weeks um, of games. And so I was reading Clay Travis this morning, and he's basically saying if you know Tennessee can get through this stretch, I think we they have Alabama and Georgia through the next what four or five weeks, uh, plus LSU and Kentucky. Right? Maybe maybe I'm right. I don't. Know. I think that's it. Um, they get through that stretch, you know, two and two, three and one, which I don't see happening. Um, Herndon Hooker could you know potentially start to make some noise as a potential Heisman candidate. All right, I gave I gave uh, Jason his props for for choosing Florida the backdoor cover. I tell you, Larry's losers was a winner last week. It took a doink off of a upright from a pretty well acclaimed kicker to make it happen. But the Mets win. The Mets cover. Jimbo leaves 
Jerry's World with a smile on his face. So I, I gave out three games last week that I was uh, exploring for the sucker bet of the week. I said Clemson is a sucker bet. Wake covered. Clemson won by six. I said Oregon was a sucker bet. Washington State, that game was the craziest last two minutes of football that I've seen in a really long time. Washington State covered. And then A&M went off as a one-and-a-half-point favorite on kickoff in one by two. Um, I've never seen a, a ball land on the top of the cross or the top of the upright like that. That was just bananas. Um, Arkansas dominated that game. I don't know how the Mets won, um, but we'll call it. We'll take the win and uh, and move along to next week. Well, so okay. One thing. First of all, what was the we we filmed last week's episode on Sunday evening. I need to know what the line was on Sunday evening uh, before I, I credit Larry's losers with a W here. So it's a good conversation, and I'm open to this, but it was two and a half on Sunday evening. I said by game time it could potentially be a pick'em, and it was a one and a, it was one and a half point spread. Now, if you were putting that bet in, Gans, yep. would you have put the bet in last Sunday or Saturday before kickoff? Well, I probably would have put it in Saturday before kickoff. Okay, so well, all right. So- Larry wins. Wow, he acquiesced pretty easy on that one. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no. Nice job, Warren. Yeah, I tip, unless it's some line you absolutely love, right? <laughs> uh, but Larry, just just for uh, you know clarity's purposes, for Larry's losers, let's go forward. Let's let's nail down a line at, at production time here uh, and, and work off of that. Uh, Fair enough. I will say, yeah, to, to Lawrence's point. Uh, I mean, my God. You know, look, this is probably good. This gets the Mets to their eight and four where they'll probably end up and it'll keep Jimbo Fisher around for another year, which is good for everybody uh, except AM. Um, but, you know, they're uh, Arkansas is up 14 nothing. They're driving. And KJ Jefferson, who I think is a really good quarterback as well, pulls just the most boneheaded play, decides to dive over the pile at like the eight yard line. And it wasn't like he had an inch to get a first down. They popped the ball out. Uh, they take it the other way, 96 yards for a touchdown. So now it's 14-7. At worst, it should have been 17-0 right there. And and Arkansas never really came back. That just really deflated them. Uh, I will say, you know, Arkansas's got two receivers, Matt Landers of, of Georgia fame. Uh, a big catch down the stretch. Yeah, and he was terrible at Georgia. He was Stonehands at Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jadon, Jadon Hazelwood, who transferred from Oklahoma, who was a one-time Georgia commit and is from Georgia. So – yeah, of course, I was rooting for the pit boss for a variety of reasons. But, yeah, they talk about, uh, you know, a snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. The the other, so, narr- the other narrative that – something I was going to say, Lawrence? I was going to say, it sounds like Traub's dream wide receiver room in uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas right now. Not not Landers. <laughs> he hated Landers. Well, as a, as a recruit, as a recruit, uh, I'm sure he was on the other side of that coin. Yeah. The other narrative I enjoyed reading about yesterday – was Lincoln Riley leaves a fairly stable, somewhat good-positioned Oklahoma team, albeit takes a quarterback with him, heads to USC that's a dumpster fire. Venables walks into a, again, fairly stable Oklahoma program. Now they're going in potentially opposite directions. Is Lincoln Riley going to be a wizard out there in California? Probably. Um, No one in the conference. Yeah, no one in the conference. I I think going back to Oklahoma, though – Lincoln Riley's first couple of years, he was like 24-3. and three. Last couple of years, I think he's had two losses each season. Kansas State's had their number. Um, I think one of the reasons that he left Oklahoma is he actually started to see a little bit of a decline, and then he was getting paid a boatload of money to go out to Los Angeles. Um, he's going to he's gonna have a good first couple of years out there because there's no competition. It's good. It's him versus Utah. 
basically this year, I, I, you know, I don't think Oregon, I think Oregon's a good team, not a great team. Um, he's going to look good this year. Do in we fact, I have, I have USC still in my top four for the play right now. Do we check Oklahoma off the list for uh, the potential to make a playoff run? They're out. Big 12 is toast. So now we're down to what? Like we started with, five or six potentials? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, right, Georgia, Alabama. I mean, look, Tennessee is technically still in it, right? I mean, uh, Ole Miss is technically still in it. But, yeah, look, reasonably, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. Clemson, USC. USC. I think that's it. There's going to have to be a lot of chaos, I think, between the, that fourth spot um, for somebody like Oklahoma well, to get in. They're going to, have, they're going to have to run the table. They're going to have to dominate. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and the Big 12 is so down. I mean, look at the Big 12 this weekend, right? You had Texas losing to Texas Tech. Baylor lost to BYU a few weeks ago. Uh, it's, you know, not that great. And honestly, Oklahoma's got to go to TCU this weekend. And TCU's certainly not world beaters, but th- – Oklahoma's only a five-and-a-half-point favorite at TCU, right? I mean, you would think going into the season that would be a three-score you know, three score favorite. So, I don't know. So, I hung out with uh, Mike from Indian Pass at the bar last night, who's a huge Florida State fan. And they're 4-0, and he was excited as, as he should be. And he got me thinking a little differently about the playoff expansion to 12. We discussed this at some point earlier this year, and I was kind of on the fence about it. But his point was, look, it's always the same three or four teams. His team at this point, Florida State, now at least has something to talk about, get excited about if there were 12 teams. He says, we'll probably get our asses kicked by them, but give us a shot. Let us get in there, get some excitement, get more home games. I'm like, that's, Mike, from any pass, you kind of convinced me. I think, Go, let's do it. That's, I think that's the point of it, right? Because he brings up good points, right? Yeah, right now, there's fatigue around Alabama. Now it's Alabama, Georgia, but remember there's fatigue around Alabama, Clemson. Right. Uh, you know, so. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, let them get their ass kicked. Let them come in and get their ass kicked. But um, can we go back and just give Larry's losers another win there, too? Because that was kind of my position as well for playoff expansion. So thank you very much. <laughs> what are you, you going to get? Take a victory lap all morning today? Come on, dude. Hey, man, it's a, it's a good day. A good day. I like him better. Well, you know, not a good day for our boy G off. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so again, you go against you or, go against a sip of coffee for G off. <laughs> you go against the sucker bet and you get fired. Um, <laughs> Geoff had a bad day. Um, Mario Cristobal had a bad day. Um, As we said it last week. Mario Cristobal is stealing money from the U. Um, he's an absolute. They lost to Middle Tennessee State by what two scores? Who, by the way, lost to James Madison. I mean, this guy. He's stealing money in South Florida. Oh, you know who else lost to James Madison? Yeah, App State. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Boone too. They had a hell of a run, though. So maybe we need to keep an eye on these James Madison Dukes. What I take from all this, Larry, is that uh, James Madison beats the Mets, beats Miami. Is probably the greatest team since the 2001, you know, Miami Hurricanes. Is this so the old James transfer Ma- property? The Bob- <laughs> James Madison's the second best team in the SEC West. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I that's what I get there. Um, I guess we got to hit uh, Alabama, right? I mean, they did what they're supposed to do. I mean, the score was what forty something to single digits against Vanderbilt. Yeah, I didn't see any of it. I mean, did y'all watch it? I did. I know you probably looked at Burton's line in the box. Yeah, score. it was amazing. Four for ninety six. Uh, so he's climbing up there. I think he might be close to two hundred yards on the season. So did he find pay dirt? No touchdowns. 
He's got two teeters on the season. So uh, congratulations, Jermaine Burton. Um, you know, Bama fans excited after that. Is it getting them back in their mojo? You know, they play uh, this weekend's a big game, right? They got to go to Arkansas. I suspect, like we've seen this before, Arkansas will hold tight for a quarter, but I just think Alabama is going to be too much. I don't even know what the line is. I don't know if Lawrence has the line on that. Um, in fact, I do, Jason. <laughs> what do you got there? Uh, Bama is minus 15 and a half at Arkansas. Is that the 330 game? Uh, I believe I believe so. I'm not sure on the schedules. What do you like on that one? Is or is that part of Larry's losers? Well, if we want to get into it, um, I, I, again, I've highlighted three games that have kind of piqued my interest a little bit for the sucker bet. Uh, Michigan on the road against Iowa. Iowa's absolutely horrible. I believe at one point during their game this past weekend, they had 14 points, both defensive scores. They won a game earlier this season. Was it like nine to nine to something? Where they had, sorry, it was. They had two field goals and a safety, whatever it was, or two safeties and a field goal. Regardless, Iowa can't score. I don't know how they're with, you know, within 10 and a half. Um, so Michigan, to me, actually looks like a sucker bet. I like Iowa on that one, 10 and a half at home. Bama-Arkansas was another one, but 15 and a half is a big number. I do think Arkansas bounces back and covers. Um, but the, you guys are going to love this one. <laughs> you guys are going to love this one. LSU is on the road at, at Auburn. Yeah. We all know how horrible Auburn is. LSU is plus one and a half at Auburn. Really? I mean, how does how is Auburn favored against anybody? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't favor them versus Opelika High School. So LSU has to be the sucker bet. I'm taking Auburn and Brian Hawson. If you're gonna you get him fired, you, if you, you lose, you get fired. You just got you Wait. just got Hawson fired. I'm on the I'm on the other side of this one, my friend. I will take LSU and the points all day. I mean that, Larry. I love it. I love it. In the span of a couple of weeks, Geoff's going down at your uh, at your sword, and now you're going for Harson. You just don't want him to coach against George. Is that is that your strategy? <laughs> Listen, I actually wa- I want him to win. I'm cheering for him now because I've now backed him. Um, I'm, I got I got Bo Patel in my best interest. We want to keep Harson there as long as possible. Auburn is going to somehow uh, upset Brian Kelly and his family. And uh, and and uh, the losers are going to keep chugging along here. So I agree with you that that is a absolute sucker bet. I just think it's a bad line. I, I don't see. I mean, LSU are not world beaters. Don't get me wrong here. Getting one and a half at Auburn. Did you see what Penn State did to them at Auburn three thirty game? I mean, that is like were, were the bookies drunk last night? The actuary screwed up the table or something? Just follow the science, Jason. Follow the science. You uh, all right? I like the other side of this one. So, so are you, is that number in case the bookies do get out of their hangover fog this morning and come to their senses? The number moves. Are we locking it in at this moment? Let's go ahead and decide. This. In fact, when I get off the phone, I'm going to lock it in. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> you actually put your money where your yeah. mouth is, literally. Yeah, we're locked in, Larry. You're giving me one and a half on LSU. All right. We got any Georgia scores you want to predict? Yeah. What's the what? what you said twenty eight. It opened at 28 and a half. It's now at 27 and a half. 48. Um, 35 to three dogs. 41, 10 dogs. Um, yeah, I think I honestly, I do. I think it's going to be a business trip. I think kind of feel bad for Mizzou. Uh, but, but to go back to Harson to touch on that real quick, I mean, he's dead man walking, right? It's just, it's, it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when, um, so he, I don't know if he loses that game this past weekend, 
if he got fired like today. But I mean, we really didn't get into how that game ended. But Mizzou missed a field goal, a chip shot field goal at the end, of- mm-hmm. and then fumbled going across the goal line. I mean, they should have lost. Missouri is arguably the worst team in the SEC, I would say. And uh, I think I think Vanderbilt's better, and, and Auburn should have lost to Missouri. Yeah, that's right. We got we got to check in with our, our friends out in uh, the Oregon Ducks. They they held on. It was a close one, but notch another victory in the column for them. Yeah, yeah. They, they like I said, the last two minutes of that game was, was crazy. They ripped off. Uh, Bo Nix had a, a massive game. It was actually I think he had career high passing yards um, for the Ducks. They scored a touchdown to take the lead over Washington State, like a minute and a half left. And then the Washington State quarterback tries to throw this little like screen pass that gets picked off by the defensive lineman taken to the house to give the Ducks a 10-point lead. And then somehow with a minute remaining, um, the Cougars come back and get the backdoor cover. Uh, but Ducks, yeah, another win. Um, Washington State's a feisty little team out there. And uh, yeah. was it Pullman, Washington? And then we'll, we'll finish up with uh, Larry's boy, Herbie bringing the crew to Clemson, South Carolina for Clemson versus NC State. Does that give everybody a big yawn like it gives to me? Sorry, sorry, uh, Robert Unell and, and, and Mrs. Unell, Miss Lauren. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, Clemson, uh, NC State. I mean, again, Clemson's going to lose two games this year. I'm not sure. I mean, this week might be one. I mean, they, they could have lost to Wake. You know, they're, they're winning and continuing, right? So that is one thing. As long as you do, no one remembers at the end of the season, right? If they're 10-0, and no one remembers that they barely beat Wake. And Wake's not a bad team. No one remembers that, you know, Georgia only won 39-22 at the end of the season. So win and move on. But they are, they're going to stumble at some point. Their, their offense is just not that good. Yeah, DJU played better this past weekend. Um, yeah, as NC State, are they finally, are they a top-10 team now or no? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. But yeah, I mean, where else? Where else are they going to go? They're going to go to Bama, Arkansas again. Like people are tired of it. Yeah, I don't think anyone watches game day anymore, anyway. So, quite frankly, I don't really care. Well, one thing. Yeah. One thing I do want to hit uh, a little preview. So, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after, right? Um, so, on that slate, you've got um, uh, Bama versus the Mets, right? Which going into the season, you would have thought it would have been an 8, 8 p.m. CBS game. You've got Georgia-Auburn, which last year was the 3.30 CBS game, which is kind of like the the B game, right? We had Aaron Murray calling it, who was awful, play-by-play. Uh, play. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, he tried to make a point like that he wasn't a Georgia homer and is super annoying. Uh, but but this year we also have, uh, I believe it's LSU-Arkansas? Um, LSU-Arkansas. I, I forget who. There, there's a third decent game that weekend. Um, and is it Tennessee, Tennessee, LSU that week? Maybe that's who it is. Um, so I'm just curious that typically they would announce the, uh, TV schedule today, you know, 13 days out. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Right. Um, you know, A&M could lose this weekend. Um, Auburn probably will lose this weekend. Um, so we could be relegated to a noon kickoff, George Auburn. Who would have thought that? Yeah, I don't think we've had that since uh, Mark Ricks last year, Kirby's first year. We had a noon kickoff. Uh, I will like to call out, though, um, in terms of the Georgia game this past weekend, my man, Jamon Dumas Johnson, pop, came to play. It was, a, to me, his kind of coming out party a little bit. He had two sacks, a tackle for loss, six tackles. Him and Smile Munden are really starting to be that um, second coming of the, the Georgia inside linebacker squad there. Um, it was really exciting to watch him play. He looked great. 
All right, boys. Well, look, Monday morning, everybody's got some work to do. Let's get back and, and do that. Uh, good talking to y'all. Gans, you taking your sticks with you out of town? Oh, yeah, they're in the garage. Where I got the Uber picking me up in about an hour. So, uh, All right, man. Go low, have some fun, get back safely. And, uh, hey, go dogs. We'll see you all next weekend, right? Go dogs. Go dogs. Brian Harson, you're on, you're on the list. You're on the list. All right, listen, everybody, thank you all for listening. Again, you can find all the old episodes at sportsandtorts.com. Type it into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Appreciate you all listening. Until next time, as always, keep chopping. Later, boys.